guys, welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And this is Mila. And we are joined today by a very special guest, Shanicia Boswell. She is actually, why don't we, why don't you tell us who you are? Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> My name is Shanicia Boswell, and I am the creator of Black Moms Blog, where we talk parenting, culture, and lifestyle from a Black Moms point of view. Yes, and we um, we at Good Moms, we are huge fans of Shanicia. If you haven't followed her, make sure to follow her at Good Moms, um, Black Good Moms, <laughs> Black at Black Moms Blog. <clears throat> um, and we just wanted really, we wanted to have you on because we've been watching um, your your social media, and you you just it's you have a platform where like I think a lot of women, I think that's why you have so many followers. They just gravitate toward your page because. There's so much there's so much representation of things that we don't get to see all the time in the media, like just black love, black black breastfeeding. You know, it is Black Breastfeeding Week this week, and um, just positive black images of mothers, whether they're single or in relationships. There's there's not necessarily one platform per se. I think there are now. They're popping up more and more where where women of color can really go and feel um, represented. So, so thank you yeah. for that. Thank you. And that's really where it came from when I when I entered into this blogging world. Back then, there weren't a lot of us doing this. And so I kind of consider myself one of catalysts that um, made it more normal. And so I just wanted to see that in, in the blogging stretch. I wanted to see more black women that felt comfortable talking about parenthood. Exactly. So can you just tell us a little, like, where are you from? I know you live in Atlanta right now. Are you from Atlanta, or how did you get there? Are you like, what's your story? What's your story, girl? <laughs> what's my story? <laughs> my story is I've lived in Atlanta now for almost ten years, eleven years, somewhere in that area. I woke up here to go to Georgia State University. I'm from Little Robins, very small town down south. And like I always say, you know, I went, I came up to the school, and I looked around, and felt like all of my peers just kind of like. They knew what they were going to do, and I had no idea. And so I kind of felt like tumbling weed, just trying to figure out my way. I became a mom pretty early on. Amongst all of my friends, I was pretty much the first one to have a baby. And I just felt so isolated in that, in parenthood at that time, um, because our generation, we're just not really having kids anymore. And then so when I became a mother and I started to get comfortable in that role, I realized that I didn't really, I also didn't fit that normal you know, mom that just, oh, I come home and I, family, 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 and my baby, I was like, I'm young, I'm a millennial, I feel like I have a good time, how do I find a way to reach out to more moms who fall into the category that I'm in? So that's a little bit of the background of why Black Moms Blog is what it is, it's not, I just wanted to make a comfortable space for the moms who don't, who don't fit that norm. Did you, when you started it, did you want, did you always imagine it being as big as it is, or was it just kind of like a little passion project, or just your outlet? Uh, I feel like, it's so funny, because I really don't know. (laughs) I I don't ever want to limit myself and say, oh, I never saw it getting big. I, I'm a strong believer in in, in my own self-faith, so I I was like, okay, if I do this, it's probably going to be okay, but I didn't really pursue it for that reason, I guess a small way to put it. Um, I didn't pursue it from the beginning like, oh, I'm doing this so that it turns into this huge platform, and I feel that because it did come from a place of passion, people really connected with the genuineness behind it, and that's why it did get so big. 
Um, how old were you when you had your? Well, you have a daughter or a son? I have a daughter. She's five years old. Um, how uh, how old were you when you had her? I got pregnant at twenty two. I had her when I was twenty three. And then when did you start Black Mom's Blog? I so Black Mom's Blog is actually my second business. So when she was one, I started a skincare line, and I ran that for about two and a half years. I started Black Mom's Blog when she was three. Cool. Um, are you single? Are you married? Are you dating? I am so single. <laughs> Girl, me I too. I've been in a relationship in two years. <laughs> how do you? How, what is dating like for you? Because I'm, I'm sort of new to dating. I mean, I'm a year in, yeah. and it's been interesting. It's fun at first, dating, then it's like, yeah. eh. <laughs> dating is definitely interesting when you're a mother because one, the time constraint is different, you know, and when you're, when you're single and you don't have kids, you can just kind of get up and go and there's a lot more flexibility to it. And it just depends on what type of dating you're doing because as a parent, Sometimes you might just be dating and have a good time, and that's perfectly okay. And sometimes you're dating for something more serious. And so I found out, like, when I was kind of in my good time dating, when I wasn't really looking for anything serious, it was cool. You know, I'd just be like, mm-hmm. hey, I have Monday free. What you got going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was the only day. And so when I started to get in that mindset of saying things are a little bit more serious, my daughter came into play. So that was something I would say up front. Hey, you know my mom, right? Do you have a problem with that? Are you okay with kids? So to me, it changed the dynamics of the men that I chose to surround myself with because now that I'm in that elemental space of saying I'm looking for something more serious, I'm way more selective about who I'm bringing my energy. For sure. What's 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 the dating scene like in Atlanta? What is it oh like God. out there? Let <laughs> uh, me uh, not sound discouraging. Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> dating in Atlanta is interesting because. The men here, uh, there's so many people. <laughs> there's so many people, and, and and we're kind of like in this space where every man wants to be poly, and they just believe they should have all their cake and eat it too. Really? And, really? And, yes. I don't, even, I don't even know if I've ever heard a black man say poly. <laughs> Girl, Atlanta is the hotel capital. And it has, it has went past the hotel men. It has went into the regular corporate men. It's went into the creative men. Nobody wants to get married. Everybody's trying to figure out their life. And so dating here is really hard because it's such an entrepreneurial, creative city. Um, you're not getting your... There aren't a lot of traditional men here. And there's so many women. Right? Right, that's And there's true. so many beautiful women. Atlanta is full of beautiful women, successful black women. Mm-hmm. So it's not one of those places where it's like, oh, you're the queen of the crop and everybody's trying to get with you. It's pretty much the opposite. Mm-hmm. Men here have their share picks. And, yeah, it's, it's not the easiest city to date in. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting because that's like the word poly, I feel like, is such a foreign idea to so many, at least I thought, to but, so many black, maybe men, maybe not women, but to men, I feel like. Well, I, I just remember when she said the whole hotep thing, that is true. There, There is like, there is like a, I used to live in the West End, and there is like a very villagey, black, uh, hippie, um, like, community in Atlanta. Like, yes. it, it, it's it beautiful, is. but it, I, yeah, I can see that, like, be my, my, my second wife. Sister, right, like, <laughs> my, second wife, my third wife, and I can't even pay my rent. Like, yeah, no, right, like, uh, right. no, not happening. No. I'm down right. for being and a third wife if you got three incomes. It's past those dudes, too. It's went into the guys who 
it's literally every man wants three girlfriends or three wives. Like, how? Play? You don't even have one situation under control. Right. <laughs> they, they've they've misconstrued uh, the like the basics, the fundamentals of yes. the poly relationship. Right. <laughs> you got to take care of all of them, and the gotta village. Take care of all of it. Would you be, would you, if, if you found, um, like, a, a man, like, an eligible man that was, like, had his shit together and could, um, like, financially and emotionally support multiple wives, how would you, would you be down for it? Or are you like, hell no? <laughs> I'll answer that question by saying that I haven't found a man who's able to hold it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you show me him and I'll give you an answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, that's the truth. Um, and, what, like, do you co-parent with your, um, daughter's dad? Yeah, um, actually, I co-parent with my daughter's father. We actually live in the same apartment building. Oh, um, cool. Really That's friends. interesting. Yeah, we have, yeah, we have a really good co-parenting relationship. He, I mean, it's, you is not, it, isn't that weird? Like, he is kinda, it too close? He knows, how, he knows what you're doing all the time, like. Or is it, like, a huge <laughs> apartment building? He's on the other side of it. <laughs> So I'm on the fourth floor. He's on the eleventh floor. Okay. Um. And yeah, everybody. Whenever I talk about that, because I don't, you know, I, I have the blog, but I try to keep a lot of my personal things out of it. I'm getting to the place now where I can be a little bit more comfortable and talking about it. Um. But yeah, everybody gives the same reaction. They're like, "What? Of course they want to know. They're still some things going. You know." Right. Right. So, right. Yeah. It's it's, it's the thing. It's cool. I mean, it's convenient. Like I wanted the store. Uh, can I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> um. Come on. You know, it's funny because that that's the ideal so it's taking yeah. time to get to get to this place yes did, did you guys move in there on like intentionally, on, intentionally because you thought it would be getting easier or did yeah, it just so it has been we lived in this building when we were together and when we broke up i ended up leaving he stayed here um but it's been a very convenient part of atlanta we live in midtown oh, and yeah. it's you know good area I don't drive either I have lived in Atlanta for 10 years and I don't drive and so when I got ready to find a place to move back to I was like I'm moving back to my old building <laughs> I did not care that he was here right. so it did not start off as like this intentional like let's be great co-parents and stay in the same space um, but I did consider that I was like well this could make things a little bit more convenient and easier when it comes to parenting our daughter um, have you ever like seen him in the lobby bringing up a girl girl <laughs> mm-hmm. you, um, have? you have? Oh yeah. When so when it's been two years since we've been broken up. He has been in another relationship at this point for about a year and a half. And you said it's been two, wait, hold on. It's been two years since you guys broke up. Yeah, we've been broken up for two years. Okay. And he has a new girlfriend. Uh, she's been around for about a year and a half. We actually just hung out about a month or uh, three weeks ago. I took her, her. She came with me and my daughter to the park. So, it's saying that that has not always been easy. So, oh, wow. I went back into the building. Um, there were definitely some stressful times going on. I would see him with other women, and he was still, you know, it was interesting. So, once we kind of established that things were really over and this was it, it became easier, you know what I mean, in handling some things. But, yeah, I've ran into him with women. I've, you know, he's seen me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Damn. I'm, do you think that? Do you think that like that reality has made it easier for you to like move on? Because I, I we always well I always talk about like even if you know something's over, once you have a child with somebody, like as yeah, as, right. as women, there's like we're in, we're like inbred to have this yeah. 
like we're supposed to, yeah, like we're supposed to get married and have this white picket fence like lifestyle. So like, even when you know you don't like this guy, you're like, no, it may work. Right. So well, you hold on to this. I, you hold on to this like this idea, this tiny little part of this idea. Yeah. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with you there. Um, my relationship with my ex was not the greatest. It looked really pretty on paper. Everybody was like, oh, y'all are gold. They just had no idea. And I don't say that as a way of bashing him. We were just young, and we didn't communicate well. And we were just, we really were trying to do the right thing in raising our daughter. But it's kind of like, it's like you said, you can know you don't want to be with somebody, and because they are the father of your child, you feel like you have the duty to make it work. And for me, what ended up really just, in the course, um, I got to this point with it where I was like, I want to have a peaceful life. Amen. And I found myself, you know, just very stressed out over things that were going on between us. And so one day I was just like, this is it. All we're going to focus on is co-parenting. We have to get along for our daughter. And that was way more important to me than trying to figure out our situation because it was clear that there was no situation. Right. Um, and being in the same space and having to still interact with him and things that occurred during that time really confirmed it for me. Mm-hmm. And so once I let that go, it wasn't for him, it, it was for myself. I found myself feeling angry and bitter and upset, and I was like, I'm not this person. I'm allowing this man to make me this person. So for me, it was more self-care. Like, let me just let him go so that I can get peace of mind. And at that point, I was able to see him. I wave at him and whoever he was with and keep moving. Right. And... Yeah, that's, um, I guess that's, like, everybody's, I mean, not everybody's, because sometimes people hold on to shit, but I think, like, the new era woman is more, like, in tune with the fact that, you know, it doesn't really matter. Your happiness comes first, so that's, that's most important, because you can't be happy and raise a, you can't be unhappy and bitter and raise a happy child, because that child is going to sense that, you know? They are, and to me, forgiveness is never about the other person, it's about you. Yeah, I think that's something we've definitely talked about um, for sure, like not taking things personally and just understanding that a lot of the reasons that maybe it didn't work out between you two or me and my baby daddy or Mila and hers, it really has nothing. I mean, of course, we all play our part, but at the end of the day, it all got nothing to do with you. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the mistakes that were made maybe on that you feel like he or she did, that, you know, it has a lot to do with them and not and trying not to but trying not to take things personally is so hard. Uh. <laughs> That's how I felt. People now they're like, Oh my gosh, you guys are so great, you have this I was like, Don't get me wrong, I have my mistakes, but it's not about me. Right, because it took time to get here. Yeah, we still have our moments where I'm just like, I can't stand you. You know, it's it's every day it's a process. Yeah, that and as a, a paired with expectation, which I feel like, you know, when you have a kid, your expectations just automatically change mm-hmm. and you feel like, you know, you want to protect your child from anything, anything you feel like yeah. is not right or you don't want them to experience or you don't want them to see or you feel like your partner isn't doing, you know, it's just like, ooh, girl, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working through both those things right now and <laughs> I can't wait to be on the other side of it. I can't wait. Yeah. 
beautiful place to be, let me tell you. <laughs> At peace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so did when you had your daughter, did you have a natural birth, home birth, hospital? What was your what was your birthing experience? I had a natural birth in a hospital. It was supposed to be a water birth, but that kind of never crossed my mind. So I did for sure without any epidural medication and that was like the real goal. It was something I wanted to accomplish. I didn't get caught up on it. I was like, Hey, what happens happens but that's what I was aiming for and I was able to accomplish that. That's awesome. How many hours of labor were you in? My labor was, like, so textbook and perfect. Like, I, w- I had a full 24-hour labor. Wow. I went into labor at probably, we went to my mother's house. who lives about two and a half hours south of here. And I was like, I'm tired of being pregnant. I was 38 weeks, five days. <laughs> and we went to the fair, and I walked for about two and a half hours. I went into labor the next day, um, oh, around yeah. 10 o'clock at night. And I had her at 2.16 the next morning. Oh, that is pretty perfect. Mm-hmm. What's your when's what's your sign? Just because I because we I'm a Pisces. Ah, yeah, we got this a Cancer and a Scorpio here, so we got all the water signs in the his eye. Oh, y'all are my soulmates. Yeah, hey, hey. we <laughs> like you. What's your sign? <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, those are my those are two of my big soulmates. Yeah, I have like the multiple best friends, Scorpios and Pisces. <laughs> yep. Um. What was I going to ask you? Um, Do you want more kids? Yes. I definitely want more children. How many? Like one, two, ten? Um, <laughs> I would like to have, realistically, I mean, if I, if I can handle it, I would have babies all day. But uh, realistically, I would like to have two more children. I mean, girl, you are posting the cutest babies all day I know, long. right? Like, you're, your ovaries must be, like, exploding. <laughs> Girl, that's why I have a page, though, because I have baby fever, but I'm not in a position to have another baby. Right. So, it kind of worked out. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you. Okay, so how, how do you balance being, like, a full-time mom and a businesswoman? Do you have help? Like, is your daughter, she's obviously, yeah. she's in school, so that helps. She's in school now. Cameron was... So I was a stay-at-home mom for a couple of years. She didn't start really going to school until she was about three, four years old. Um, I don't have any family in Atlanta. My child's father, he doesn't really have family in Atlanta like that that helps out. And so I was able, the only way I'm able to move the way that I move is because I have a support system around me that is phenomenal. You know, and I always tell moms that when you become a mother, you have to change up your circle because if you're only just being around your single friends with that party mindset, then you're going to struggle, right? So yeah. I started to develop these circles of women, and even still some of my best friends who don't have kids are definitely a part of that circle as well. But when I have events and things, like Cameron, you know, my friends help out. She's had just go stay with one of her aunties. Um, with her starting school, that's definitely been a blessing because I have my daytime free to do the things I need to do. And her father and I have a pretty decent custody arrangement where I have, like, today's one of my days, you know, to work with her dad. So I have, you know, the whole day to focus on work, going out. And that was important to me as a single woman with a child I want to be up to date. And I, I had to tell her dad, you know, say, hey, you need to look there. I need you to get her a little bit more. And then, you know, this is not part of this relationship. And I'm like, you have five days a week, six days a week to yourself to do that. It's time for me to have some time alone so that I can possibly form a connection with somebody else. Yeah, hell yeah. That's only fair. So, and, exactly. girl, 
I absolutely commend you from like being cool and being able to go to the park with her because I don't know if I could do it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like I understand being mature and wanting to know the person that's around your, your child, you know, that's important. Like I need to know who you are as a person. So I get that. But like, it does take like a, a big part like you know I think it also plays a part in the what the what the approach of what the woman's approach is to you too if she comes at you respectfully and you know you might you you might change your mind if she's like crazy then you'll be like bitch right but (laughs) but if I I mean mean, yeah it was definitely a thing she uh it was somebody that we knew no what (laughs) oh yeah it was awkward um wait so it was like kind of like a mutual friend But somebody kind of knew who was around. Yeah, somebody that was around in our circle. And so at first, definitely the opposite there. Um, But the reality of it is, and I had someone tell me, I didn't want to be with him anymore. He didn't want to be with me anymore. And once you kind of accept that, it becomes easier to move around. All the other extras are just extras, yeah. Yeah, and with this other person, she's not a bad person. Like, actually, she's not a bad woman. And when I really kind of step back to look at it, because the thing is with my daughter, my daughter's father, I need him always to be the greatest thing he can be because he's my daughter's father, right? Mm-hmm. And it was something I had to realize about myself. I was like, I'm not going to be able to be the woman for him. And she kind of is. Like, that takes a lot to admit that, but they work well together, right? right? And so when I had to, when I kind of got to that mental space, I realize that a lot of times women, we find fault in each other instead of looking at that man and saying, this ain't even about you. Right. And so once I kind of got to that place with her, I was like, I don't have any issues with her. And if my issues with her aren't going to stop him from dating her. She, at some point, will possibly be around my child. And it was important for me to let Cameron see me introduce her to her so that she wouldn't feel like she had to be so defensive mm-hmm. of her mother. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are very protective of us. And so if daddy would have done it, she would have felt like I need to be in this position to defend mommy and let this woman know that mommy is mommy. And I needed her, I needed my child to see me and her together to know it was okay. Right. Mm-hmm. That's big of you. I mean, <laughs> you should see Erica's face right now. No, but I, I'm thinking, no. She's like, what? <laughs> no. Okay. First of all, my face is not always what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I'm just think. I'm just, I'm just trying to visualize my future in that way and how like, well, I also, I just, so basically the, the, my, my baby daddy, the reason we're not together is because he cheated on me profusely. The women that he cheated on me with were terrible people. So I just think about like him, the type of women that he'll date in the future. I'm like, what kind of woman is he going to bring around my kid? I'm like, can I, maybe it'll change. Maybe like he'll have some like aha moment and he'll date like a really like smart, well put together, you know, well spoken, respectful person. But and I, I pray to God that that happens and that we can go to the park. I mean, that, that's the dynamic, too. That's, I will say, in how you had your relationship with your ex, that changes a lot. You know, we didn't have issues with cheating. So I could imagine, like, if this was something that we had issues with cheating and then he ended up with that person, I don't know if I could be this amicable. So that wasn't the issue. We had other issues that did not involve other, other people. Women. Right. Right. Yeah, and this I person mean, wasn't involved in our relationship. It started after me and him broke up. So... I, all those things taken into consideration um, plays a huge part in how I'm able to do this. If he was cheating on me and all this stuff was going on, I, I could not. I don't know if I could be this 
easy about it. <laughs> I am so, like, I'm so happy that you, you were open enough to, like, share that because, you know, I, um, I just think, especially in the black community, it's not something we see that often or hear about that often. And yeah. it's important because I agree. I think it's important. I think, like, if you want to date me, you're going to be basically family with my baby's daddy. And I don't like him that much. <laughs> you know, like, if you want to eventually have kids together, like, well, this is going to be your brother-in-law. <laughs> like, low-key because yeah. it's a, it should be a family dynamic. And I think that's important for the child to see um, the parents in, like, a harmonious relationship and, you know, and everybody else in, in, involved in it. And I think in the black community, it's not something that we see. And so it's foreign. And even, like, I'm, yeah. I'm dating somebody and I, like, we went to Disneyland or some shit, and it was, like, a huge deal. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to – this is going to continuously be an uphill battle because this guy's not going anywhere, you know? And He's not going, he's not going anywhere. And, like, no, I don't like him that much. He's done some foul shit. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to punish my child because of our relationship, you know? Right. So, right. I mean, and especially as, like, as, like you said, as women, it's easy to attack the woman. It's easy to dislike the woman. It's easy to, you know, like, mm-hmm. not have that that sisterhood or, mm-hmm. you know, that be the bigger yeah. person. But, I, I you know, I, I think that's a big deal. And the fact that you're open about it and discuss it, it's a, a great example of how it's supposed to be. And I want to be, I want to be very transparent here because <laughs> I, I never want to paint the picture to women that I say I said this before I said it again it's not easy like even with things that have transpired I still have my moments you know when he's like oh well we're going here and she's going to be with us there's still that thing that makes my eyes switch I'm not gonna, I don't want anybody <laughs> to think that I'm saying there's like oh yeah I'm just Mary Poppins and <laughs> no I, I still I still definitely have my moments with it but when you, and I'm sure you can attest to this, when you look at where you were, when you were in your relationship to where you are now, I'm so happy. Oh, and girl. And I'm so thankful Amen. for where I am. And so I always remember that I have peace and love in my life right now. I'm happy. So this all happens for a reason. So sometimes it takes, I just want to just say that, you know, if anybody is listening to this and you're going through that, don't be like, why can't I get there? It's not easy. And it's, it's, a, it's a battle every day. You're so human, yeah. And it takes time. Time it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, even me slowly push. I'm, I'm still. I mean, me and my, my 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 baby's father, we're definitely in a better space than we were three months ago. You know, four months ago, and it just takes time and time and time, more time. And we haven't entered into that. The dating, I mean, I've, obviously I've been dating, but not, not anyone serious enough to introduce my child to to them and vice versa. So we haven't, that's a whole other, like, field of, that's a whole other layer to co-parenting and just all of that that I haven't even experienced yet. So when that, listening to you gives me hope, but also makes me like, yeah. oh, shit, god damn. Shit gets real. Yeah. There's level to this shit. It's level <laughs> I thought I was mature, maybe not. If <laughs> <laughs> I'm the man who gets that too, because that's quite easy. But you know, women what? are more susceptible to understanding what men are. Yeah, that's that's true. They they expect a lot, but then when it's time for them to, for the shoe is on the other foot, it ain't so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But you know what? That's a big that what you said was really good because sometimes I get like you get lonely or however you feel or in your feelings and you're like if you got if you go back to like the mis- how miserable you are in an unhappy relationship to being alone you're like oh never mind very happy very grateful yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> never mind, happy, just kidding grateful. I have more time now than I have when we were together and I'm able to get more stuff back so can't be mad at that <laughs> no absolutely not um. Is okay. So, is like your blog? Is that your like your main job, or do you have another job? Yeah, I do the blog full time. Awesome. I'm able to uh, make that happen. I just started photography as well. So right now, those would be my two main sources of income. Wait, say the second one again. Photography. Oh, photography. Yes, photography. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I checked that out. I saw some of your work. Bomb. Thank you. It's very, I was like, oh, but she's a professional. She real classy with it. She got multiple talents and shit. <laughs> um, I saw, I, I read your, um, like, the interview did or um, the photograph she did with Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome because who doesn't love Erica? Obsessed. Up, yeah. Like, the queen mother goddess. I've seen her, like, ten times. I would see her a hundred times. Yeah, more. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I honestly, like, it's so interesting because I, I've heard her talk about her um, her experience as a doula. And she says, she talks about in the blog, did you read it, that Erica was a doula to her, her ex-partner. For, right? Yeah, her baby yes. daddy's, um, two of her baby daddy's kids. So I think. Yeah. Woo, yeah. that's full circle. Or no, it was, I think it was one. One. It was one baby father. And she, she two kids. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. For the DO, For the DOC. Oh, yeah. And she said, he's still my best friend. You know, we're still best friends. And yep. I'm like, goals. <laughs> I want to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's real, right? <laughs> that's real, bro. That's inspiration for that ass. For real. Um, so, okay, at what point were you able, okay, once you started this five, uh, three, you said three years ago you started Black Mom's Blog? It'll be three years in September. Okay, so like, what were you always doing, focusing on this full time, or um, did you have like a, a point where you were able to like just do solely this, or yeah, like at what point did in your journey with Black Mom's Blog did you finally make it your full time job? Because I think a lot of our listeners <clears throat> and us too, like we're starting, we're just on this journey of our podcast and you know navigating through social media and um, just. I mean, I think a lot of our followers, too, have aspirations of, you know, mm-hmm. taking using social media and making it a full-time job. I think so many people do now because our, our so much in our lives are driven by it. Um, yeah. So at what point did, were you able to feel comfortable being like, okay, you know what? This is it. I'm, I, I can walk away from whatever else, whatever other sources of income and make this my full-time thing. So when I started Black Mom Blog... I was a stay-at-home mother, but I had my own bills, right? I'm just going to start off by saying that. <laughs> um, my daughter's father was our primary source of income for everything. I was monetizing a little bit, but not that much. And when we broke up, I moved out. We moved in with some friends of mine. And I was like, okay, I'm still doing the blog, but I was also going to look for a full-time job. With my schedule and being a mother, I'm sure you can attest to this job, do not care. They want you to sell your life to them. They don't care about weekends. They don't care about late nights. And I was having a real hard time finding feasible income that would support my daughter and I. And I think at the time, Black Muscle Blog was sitting on about 30,000 to 40,000 followers. And I had, I was like, okay, well, let me professionalize my blog and get a media kit and, and a rate card and all that. And I just started pitching. And I was like, I'm sitting on this, this platform that could be something more than what it is. 
And so within six months, I had monetized the blog out to about $16,000. So I was like, okay, so this has potential to be something great. I also want to say at the time that I got into blogging and monetizing, the market was amazing for it. Instagram has since changed the algorithm, and I don't ever want anybody to think that, you know, oh, it's like it's just about this one thing. Like, it's become harder to make money on Instagram now. They kind of got hit to what was going on, and they changed a lot of their things. Like, our posts used to do really well, and they still do really well, but they've just changed the advertising market. So... That has been an effect. Um, so at the time, this was maybe, I will say three months into me monetizing, one of my mentors, she's one of my mentors now, she runs an eco-friendly baby store here and she hired me to work there part-time. And it was great because it was still in the element of what I was doing. And um, I did that for about seven or eight months. And the blog was really starting to do well, but I noticed that because I was working and being creative for someone else, I wasn't able to focus on myself. So I made this decision. I was like, I have to walk away. And it was a, it was a gamble because I wasn't making a ton of money at her spot, but it was consistent. And I was like, if I quit, then I'll be able to really focus on my blog and increase that. And I worked backwards. I was like, if I'm making this amount every month, what is it that I need to do on the blog to make the same amount? So I made a plan. I gave her a 30 day notice and I walked away after a year roughly of monetizing and so that was a year and a half ago wow wow that's bomb (laughs) i'm inspired i'm like taking notes like media kids (laughs) yeah what was that other thing you said Uh, no but the blog looks really good and um everything you touch on it is um really uh useful like so for our listeners if you haven't checked it out, Black Mom's blog has like a bunch of really cool articles. Um, I saw like fitness stuff, recipes, um, like local things that you take your daughter to in Atlanta. Um, and I know you guys do events too. Yes, we do monthly events. Pretty much during the hot months, but start around this year actually started in January. Normally, I start around March. Mm-hmm. We did our first meetup of the year in Philadelphia, and we did one in Toronto this year. We did one in New Orleans. Um, and mostly Atlanta. So I have them about eight to nine months out of the year, once a month. Majority of them are free or donation-based, um, and it really is for women to come out and be able to connect with women in their city. Cool. Like a, like a mom networking event. Mm-hmm. Like yep. A, yep. That's cool. I saw you have, um, you're doing some things for this week for Black Mom, uh, Black Breastfeeding Week. Yes. Um, what are some of the things you guys are doing this week? So we pretty much dedicated the entire month of March, or month of March. We dedicated the entire month of August to Black breastfeeding. And as you know, month is March. Why do I keep saying March? August <laughs> is the official month for breastfeeding. Yeah. It's a national holiday, technically for moms. So we probably are the only ones that know about it, but it's here. <laughs> and in our community, Black women are the lowest number of women that breastfeed. Our infant mortality rate is higher, and so I really wanted to shed light on that. So, I mean, we wrote articles, we partnered with some great brands, and our big event for the month of March was the nurse that was held this past Sunday, and it was just an event that we encouraged women to come out in solidarity to show support for black breastfeeding mothers. Nice. Did you breastfeed? I did breastfeed, yes. <laughs> um, yes. Like, for how long? If you don't I, mind me asking. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, I only breastfed for about six months, 
And even in those six months, I didn't do it exclusively, right? And at the time, like I said, I had my daughter when I was 23. And I just didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't know what to do. It was painful. I was always worried that she didn't have enough milk. Like I said, I was the only one of my friends that had kids, so there was nobody for me to talk to about it. And I just became nervous. And, you know, her father was, oh, she's crying. She must be hungry. And so Ugh. we started formula and rice milk pretty early. Mm-hmm. So a big part of this, too, was very personal because I remember what I felt like when I was going through that. And I was like, how can I help another new mom not go through that? <laughs> And know that it's okay. So I wanted to provide those resources for my moms on the page that felt those same feelings that I had when I was breastfeeding my daughter. Yeah. Did did your mom encourage you, or like you? Well, you didn't have a lot of friends that were moms, but like, was it like? Did you like? Was there a lot of discussion about breastfeeding before you had the baby, or was it just like, oh, I, I guess I'm supposed to do this? There wasn't much discussion, and like I said, my mom doesn't live here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. so and I was very. I'm a very strong-minded person, so when I have my mind set on something, there's not much you can say or do that's going to convince me otherwise. Like, I love my mom dearly, but even when it came to the birthing process, I wanted to have a natural birth, and I knew I needed to be as stress-free as possible, so I allowed nobody in the room. I told everyone I would call them when she was here, mm-hmm. and it was just myself and her father. So, even when it came to breastfeeding, um, no, I didn't really, me and my mom didn't really have that conversation, I guess. You know, like, my mom's supportive of every, any and everything that I do. She is one of the most supportive parents I've ever came across, and I'm not biased because she's my mom. Like, she really is. Anything I've ever wanted to do, she has my back on it. Without any question, she has my back. And so, because I've always known that, I did fear, oh, she's going to feel this way if I do this. And that's pretty much been a huge motivation in my entire life. I know that my mom will support me. I don't care if I want to go be a stripper tomorrow. She would support me. You know, and to have that from your mom really makes you feel like you can do anything. Um, so that wasn't the issue. I just didn't know. You know what I mean? I mean, like a lot. I mean, like a lot of women don't know. Like a lot of moms, it's yeah. it's all foreign until you're in it, and then you're like, oh, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. Well, honestly, I mean, for me, um, first of all, I didn't even know Black Breastfeeding Week existed until this year. <laughs> you did it? No. Had no idea. Um, and also, uh, while I've researched more about it, and, I've, you know, obviously we've researched, you know, the statistics, and like only 65% of black women even attempt breastfeeding, and that hospitals are nine times more likely to offer formula to black women. Thinking about my experience with breastfeeding, um, I realized... Re- like really recently, like the last two days after really going in and really understanding all of this, um, I was totally influenced into giving my kid formula. Mm. Yep. And that, yeah. I, and now I'm like, I feel like taken advantage of. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? I seriously had this moment, to, even this morning when I was looking up some more stuff, I was like, oh my God, like my, okay. my doctor never offered to donor milk, oh, really? never even suggested wow. it. And when I when or I like left, a, a when, breastfeeding consultant or when something. I was, I had a lactation lactation specialist and at, like when I gave birth she came and she you know because Irie was having problems latching mm-hmm. and uh, you know I breastfed my daughter for three months and my doctor kept saying well you know three months is like a good amount of time you know that's like what the wow, National really? Heart Association says is like you know it's the minimum amount but if you're gonna do it then three months is like a good amount of time and. Uh, 
and so around three months, like she wasn't getting enough milk and I was really tired and he was like, well, let's just give her formula. Never suggested donor milk, never suggested other way. Like it wasn't like he didn't, he didn't fight for me to try. Can I, to can I ask you a question with that? Mm-hmm. Um, when you were, when you gave birth, did you have private insurance or like public insurance, I guess you say? Um, private. Well, but through my, okay, so I had good insurance. I had good insurance. Wow. Yeah, and okay. and you know, my mom breastfed me for a short amount of time too. So she was always just she didn't really encourage. She did not encourage breastfeeding, but she was like, if she's not eating enough, then you need to get her formula. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I like I like you was the first out of all my friends to have kids. Nobody had children, so I had no one to like lean on or like encourage me, and. I was, you know, you know, as you know, like when you first have a kid, you're exhausted. Sometimes you just want the easy way. You're just like, just oh, let's just make this easy. And I wish that there would have been someone that would have been like, no, like this is so important. Like you should try to like, there's there's other options. Um, yeah. Because I I probably would have kept on. I probably would have kept on with that. And but researching black breastfeeding mother, it was like, wow, it's so true. You don't really see black women, you don't really see a lot of images of women breastfeeding. It's usually white women or, yep. or like even just like women in other, in other countries, like brown women or, and if you don't see those things, then you don't know. It's like, it's not familiar to you. It's foreign. And you know what? Even, even like I, I was always, um, I had some pretty, uh, hippie friends that I met in Atlanta when I was living in the West End, and she had home births and breastfed for a really long time. So luckily I had that, um, my Pisces friend actually support system and that guidance. But, um, what was I going to say? Shit. <laughs> um, Damn. Encourage you to breastfeed. Or? They encouraged me to breastfeed. Oh, but when I really first discovered like Black Breastfeeding Week, and I started looking into it, like when I when Luna was smaller, when I first had her, a lot of my white friends, because most of my friends aren't black out here, and it's like they had questions like, why does it have to be Black Breastfeeding Week, or what does right, that, what yeah. does that mean? Like, you know, white people get touchy over black stuff for no reason because they just it seems. Like you're separating yourself. Because they feel like they're excluding. They're, yeah. feel, they're feeling excluded. Yeah. Right. But like, oh, welcome to my world my whole life. Um, but even like in that, I had to really dig deeper and realize that there is a difference in, you know, how doctors push it for us and for them and the images we see and how much subliminally that plays into our, um, you know, our, our you know, our in, like how, how motivated we are to try. Uh-huh. And the history of yeah, um, the history of I, I, black breastfeeding is so interesting too. And I just sad. did a, an interview discussing that very thing about because you know with the blog called Black Mom Squad that is definitely a touchy topic and I've been called racist and people are like well why is this black this and you know oh what's separation and it's all moms it's all breastfeeding and what's so interesting about it that I find interesting when it comes to Black Breastfeeding Week this like we celebrate it right. But it didn't come from a place of a good thing. It came from a place of needing to spread awareness. And I'm like, can we just have that? Like, it's not like it's a good thing that black women's babies are dying more and this is what's happening. It's just the reality. It's the fact. So when other, you know, white people in particular, they're like, well, why aren't we included in this? Well, y'all are breastfeeding your kids. Right. Y'all are having that support. Y'all are able to do that. Like, we're doing this to bring awareness to the fact that we're not. Like, when did... Like, can we have that? <laughs> Seriously. Can we and try to improve so, our community? Like, 
Is that okay with you? When it comes to the word black, it, they just they they don't feel like we have culture, and they don't mm. feel like they you put black in front of anything and it becomes an issue because there are Latina moms blogs, there's a Latina magazine, you know they eat Chinese food, they celebrate Cinco de Mayo, mm-hmm. and they don't have problems with that. They're not like well, why do Mexicans get to drink for Cinco and we are included in that? They have an issue with the word black, and it's because we are, we don't have culture to them. They don't realize that the way that we do things are different in our households, mm-hmm. our hair days, our, the foods that we eat, the way that we relate to each other. They just don't see us having culture. So they look at it like, well, you want to be American, you're American, assimilate how we do things. We're all one. But in reality, it's okay to accept and appreciate our differences, but we're the only group of people that they don't like to do that for. That is so true. You know? So... Nobody's attacking Latina magazine and wondering why they don't feature white women, but they're definitely attacking black mom's blog because we feature black women. And on the flip side of that, would always say, if you go to these websites, and even if you don't go to a mom website, like I remember I typed in, I think I, if you go to Google and you type in anything that has to do with a person, like let's say we type in, you know, um, you're going to a garden party, you're looking for an outfit, and you go on Google and you type in, garden party outfits and you scroll through all you're going to see is white women right and that's hard for a black woman like because the way that things fit us aren't the same the colors aren't going to be the same so there's very little reference for us and that was a big part of it for me when i would get on instagram and i look for certain things if i type in like i need a bath time photo so i'll type in bath time the only thing that's popping up is these little white kids mm-hmm. and white people don't realize that because it's normal for them they're used to seeing themselves it's, it's not it's not it's not inclusive for us right so they just, it's just the black that they have the issue with the word black so speaking of that like i was i am curious about you know the reaction to your blog and your instagram like do you do you get a lot of hate mail or dms on the regular like i'm assuming that i'm assuming the answer is yes and like do you res- <laughs> do you respond how do you deal with that so i don't get as much as i used to there they come up every now and again. I don't want to make it seem like every week we get hate mail because it's not, we don't we don't we don't get a lot of hate mail. Um, but there are occasions when yeah, I'll, I'll say in a month's time I might get approached two to three times by that person that either calls us racist or questions the purpose behind what we do. And I honestly try to explain it to them um, because I want them to understand. Like if you come to me and you say Shanisha, you're racist for creating Black Mom's blog, or you ask me. I'm not going to be like, yeah, I am racist. No, because <laughs> it's not. And so I really try to break it down and explain to them why this exists. And I give them I give them homework. I'm like, hey, if you really want to know the answer, I'll give you an answer. And I expect you to do these steps to, and come back to me and let me know what you think. And so one of the experiments that I give is definitely that experiment. I'll say, hey, I want you to go on Google. And I want you to type in it in something of your daily life. I'll let you choose. I don't want you to think that I'm pre-planned it. You know? And I want you to scroll for two or three minutes and tell me how many black people you come across. That's one of the things I'll tell them to do. Mm. The second thing I'll do is I'll tell them to turn on their TV and watch it for 10 minutes and tell me how many black people they see on their television. And so I'll give them little assignments and I'll say, hey, this is why we exist. And because the world is so inclusive to you that you don't even realize how many black people you aren't seeing, how many TV shows you watch where there's only one black person, Mm -hmm. that token black person. You don't see that. You don't ever see a, you know, mainstream TV show that all black people and one white person. So I realized that they're just ignorant a lot of times, and when I make that effort to make the explanation, 
nine times out of ten they get it. There are the few who don't want to get it and they just want to be angry. And for them, I just there's no hope. I just let that go. But I really do try to explain why it is a real thing because my goal is to show we're not exclusive or we're not excluding anyone. And if you've ever been on our website, if you've ever been to a meetup or if you've ever been on our Instagram account. We don't bash any other race. We're just uplifting our race and making us acceptable and a sense to other people, which is sad that that even has to happen. Yeah, it is. And it's sad that we even have to think twice about it because I also read on Mm -hmm. your blog, um, there was a part you were saying when you first started this, you didn't see images of yourself or other moms, like a lot of black moms. And the ones that you did were like low-key, like really whitewashed that you may not have even known, you know. And um, I thought that was interesting because there are certain like, there are certain things I want like, we're pretty pro, we're very pro black. I mean, we're poor, but you know, whatever. But there, yeah. there, there were times. Of pro, first of all, we live in the valley. We both majority have um, like non black friends. I mean, we have a mixture mm-hmm. of friends. But um, I remember like our first episode, our first like. There was, you know, a lot of people, even my black friend was like, be careful saying this or be careful saying that because you don't want to limit your uh, audience. You don't want to exclude anybody. And I had, we had to think about it. And even certain posts, like things I feel passionately about, um, I find myself like, you know, like not second guessing, but like considering like people's feelings in that sense. Yes. Um, Like what made you like... Say F it, you not know. Care. Yeah, fuck it, <laughs> fuck it. I'm not, not going to be on the. I'm not going to be on the line here. I'm going to be as black as I want to be. It's my shit, and yeah. um, because there are very uh, whitewashed black mom blockers that are not as vocal about the struggles and the obstacles of actually being a black mom. So what, like, yeah. you know, what was your motivation? And you know, even to this um, day, till now. I don't even know. So, I, I would say they're whitewashed, but they're also f- scared. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, they're scared. They're just scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would definitely say exactly what you just said. Um, before I ran Black Moms Blog, I had a skincare line here in Atlanta. It was called Yayo Organics. And Yayo means mother in Swahili, right? And that skincare line was not necessarily supposed to be this all-only black skincare line, but because I am African-American, a lot of my customers were African-American. And so when I started to... Market and advertise, I realized a lot of my people were black on there, right? And it was skincare, so it wasn't like this thing that had anything to do with black people. It was just, you know, soap, body butter, body scrub, these different things. And so as the brand started to get more popular, I got picked up by a really big store here in Atlanta. And the first thing they said was, well, your product seems like they only marketed towards black people. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And so the woman wanted me to change my packaging because the logo was a, it was actually a, monogram image of myself and it monogram you know that means that it was just one solid color but my hair was up so it looked like it was in a bun and she was like that just looks like it's only for black people wow and i remember being so conflicted because i was like ouch you know it's it's my line it's me (laughs) i'm black hi yeah and i was like i followed all of these white companies that brand skincare lines and they rarely have black advertisements in their, in their platform, and they didn't care. People still bought from them. It was not a problem. And I felt like, I was like, I have to change my mind to conform to this thing, and I felt so guilty about that because I did end up changing my packaging, and my my sales did go up. Those things did happen, but mm. it's just, when you run a black-owned business, it's like extra pressure to make sure. Like, I highly doubt that white people, they are, they're becoming more conscious of it now, 
But they went years and years without ever caring about whether or not they had black people in the advertising list because they knew we would buy from them regardless. Right. They didn't have to advertise for Right, right. Um, and so that, that experience really shaped my blog because I'm a very pro-black person. And I was like, I'm tired of having to be like, oh, this ain't for you. No, this is for black mothers. And we have many people that are part of it. We have other races. We had a white woman at our meetup on Sunday. It's not exclusive to where they can't attend. They can definitely come, but this is for black women. And I wanted to make that known off top. Black mom blog. There's no confusion. I don't care how you feel about it. This is not for you if you have a problem for it. And I, I wanted to be very unapologetic about that because of exactly what you just said. We're constantly in that position to have to consider them, and they're just now starting to consider us. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> said that so eloquently. You did. You did. So, because you are, you have this platform, and you have a daughter, and, you know, you you walk through this life as a black woman, and you, ha- you deal with the struggles of every, of, 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 of a black woman in this life, how do you, how do you prepare your daughter for, you know, just, just the things that she's going to encounter in life, you know what I mean? Like, I, our daughters are three, so, okay. you know, they're just starting into their journey in, in school and socialization and okay. really understanding that even just skin color and what that what it means and what it doesn't mean how wh- what are what are tools or what what lessons are you teaching your daughter to kind of prepare her for <laughs> the world we live in um that's a good question because I do get asked that a lot. Like, I've met moms, and they're like, my daughter's five, and I've never talked to her about skin color. And I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one, one thing that my ex and I do really well on is that he, he's a jazz musician, and, you know, jazz is very black. We've always been very vocal with her about who she is, what she represents, her hair, you know, things that she should love, her surroundings. Um, and so Cameron knows about different colors. She knows that people come from different parts of the world. She knows when she's in a room and she's the only black person. Like, I just wrote an article about her being the only little black girl in her school. I mean, I her school, but in her classroom. She's the only black person in her classroom. And we have very lengthy discussions with her daily about that. Um, and it's so funny because I didn't want to feed her my opinion, so I asked her, like, how do you feel about school? And, you know, what do you think about your classmates? And, you know, so on and so forth. And one of the first things she says to me, she goes, there's a lot of white people. And she's five. She goes, you know, there's a lot of white people. And she said something that really kind of, it it made me reevaluate some things. And she goes, you know, my old school, there were a lot of people that looked like me that were my color. And she, like, pats her arm. And she goes, those are my friends. And we would see each other and we'd say twin, twin, because we look the same. And she was like, those people aren't at my school anymore. And as a parent, oh, it broke my heart to hear her say that. Um, And so I asked her, I said, do you want to change classrooms? Is there something you want us to do to make this better? She goes, no. You know, and I'm very communicative with my daughter. Um, And so for me, because we're in that situation, I look at it two ways. Because most people are like, I would never put my child in that situation. And, you know, I would never do this. My thing is that she's learning a lesson very early about America. Mm -hmm. That there are situations that you're going to be in where you're the only black girl. Also, I do believe in letting her see other cultures. I don't think you can be pro-black and not understand other cultures. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So that part is good. And outside of school, it's my responsibility to constantly feed her her culture of who she is. Um, so all of her dolls are black, her books are black. The friends that she has, the things we surround ourselves with, there's a heavy influence on African-American culture. And we're the only people that think something's wrong with that. Um, and I'll give the example. We had a play date last week with her friend, and he's Korean. And on Saturday, his mother and his father takes him to Korean school. It's a four-hour class on a Saturday. And in that course, they, they, they talk about Korean language, tradition, dance, culture, and nobody blinks an eye. But when you say, I have to surround my, my child with their culture, people are like, oh, my God, you're so racist. It's just the word black. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly working with her outside of the school to make sure that she knows who she is. Damn, that's true. I know hella friends that went to Hebrew school. Hella friends that mm-hmm. like that have like separate things. Uh, my my neighbor's yep. kids go to Russian school on the weekends, and you're absolutely. Yes. I never even thought about it in that that those terms. Mm-hmm. But damn, that's that's super true. Yeah, I was thinking of. I saw that uh, post on your blog about your daughter going to being the only um, black girl in her class, and mm-hmm. I felt. I part of me was like, hmm. I wonder, like, if. If she, if, cause like for me, when I, when my daughter started, she started summer camp and she's starting school. Um, it was very important to me that she goes to a diverse school. Like it was, I basically, anytime I walked into a school when I was touring schools and I saw all white kids, I was like, nope, this isn't the one. Nope. This is the one. It took me a long time to find one, especially where we live because where we live, it is diverse, but there just are a lot of white kids. It's not like shit. Me yeah. and Erica grew up, and I'm sure you're one of three. Black I was kids. the only black girl in my whole high school. Yeah, in my whole high school, yeah. cl- my whole in my grade in high school there for was, all four years. There was th- like four black people at my or high school. There, all oh, four actually, years. there was two. There was me and one other girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, just back up. Get off the chair. Oh my <laughs> so no, Erica has a highly is highly scared of bugs, and every time we record one attacks her. Relax, it's just a spider. You're gonna throw it. Oh, it's fine. Okay, sorry. Um, sorry. Um, but when I saw your blog, I, w- I wondered. I was like, I wonder if she did that intentionally because. Yes, we do. We are going to have to. We do walk. We can protect our kids as much as we want, but we do have to prepare prepare them for the real world. Or if it was just done by chance, or if you did research yeah. the school beforehand, or how that how that came to be. I mean, obviously, you can't. You know, your daughter's five, so what? She's an issue. What is that? Preschool? Kindergarten. 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 Yeah, so you don't always know how the classes are going to fall. Like, well, who's going to be in what class, right. and and in that way too. Um, but I thought about that, like, and and me as a kid growing up, like, I was in school. I had semi-diverse school experience, but once I, well, middle school was all white and Jewish, mm-hmm. all white and Jewish. And then high school, there was a few black, it was mostly black, black boys because they were athletes. Yep. And then a, me and one other girl in our class. And it definitely, definitely affected yeah. me. Definitely oh. affected me, especially because I was raised by, my mom is a Latina. And you know she wasn't she wasn't like pushing black images in front of me. I was seeking them, like I was gravitating towards people. Like I'd be like, oh my god, where do you live? Can I come see? Can I come? Can I? I was like, maybe my mom drive me to like a Fox Hills Mall. She was like, why the fuck do you want to go to the Fox Hills Mall? I'm like, there's people that look like me there. Drop me off. Come back in five hours. <laughs> Bye. But, so yeah, that um, living in Atlanta, right? The thing is, I've, the the building that I live in, I've lived here on and off for nearly ten years. And um, so I was here before I had my daughter. 
And the school, because we live in a city, and I, I'll take a fright and say that, Atlanta school systems are horrible. We have horrible school systems here. And the area that we live in, we're going for 10 out of 10 schools, right? And because we live in Atlanta, I know it never crossed my mind that her school might not have black people. I can't, I'm, <laughs> I'm shocked, actually. When you said that, yeah. I was like, damn, yeah. really? Right. So that wasn't, um, it wasn't, I didn't think about that. I was like, oh, we live in Atlanta, of course there'll be black kids there. Um, I just was more so concerned about her going to a good school. And it wasn't this purposeful thing. As we had lived here for a long time, we still live here. We're going for a good school. The bus can come pick her up. I just thought it would be super convenient. And she was at a great school with great opportunity. Like, her elementary school has an engineering club. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, great. And so I didn't find out that it was completely white until we went to orientation. Because you can tour the school. But a lot of times the touring happens over the summer. The kids aren't really there. You see the teachers, the office staff is black. That was great. But when we went to orientation the day before school and I'm sitting in the classroom, I'm looking, I'm like, there's 23 students. And I was like, whoa. There was an Indian student, an Asian student, a biracial student, and my daughter. And the other 19 students were Caucasian. Damn. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was definitely the shock for me. And I kind of grew up in a similar situation where the schools I went to, I had both experiences in my elementary school. One school I went to was completely white. There were a couple of black people, but there weren't a lot. And then I went to an all-black And my thing was for my daughter, I needed her to get a good education. And a lot of problems with the black is that they are diverse. They do have people that look like our kids, but they don't have the same resources that the, the more fluent schools have, right? And so you have to pick between a good education and diversity. And what I remember is, when I was growing up, when I think about school that was mostly white, there were moments, yeah, when I felt some kind of way. But we went on field trips. Everything was great. My teacher was nice. You know, I remember those things. At black school, my teacher was more stressed out. The kids, some of them had more behavioral issues, which affected the learning overall. Mm -hmm. And so it's definitely been conflicting trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> Choose between diversity or good education. And of all places like Atlanta, the affluent areas, there aren't a lot of black families, you know, and that sucks. Uh, that's so it's surprising. It's constant. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. For sharing that because I think a lot of I think a lot of our listeners can probably relate to that I know I can um, for sure trying to decide between diversity and the education that you're gonna get and unfortunately there's always you, you, you kind of have to pick a side not always but it, it's a, it's an issue that comes up constantly and I think me and Mila with our kids starting to enter into school it's something that we definitely have to take into consideration and <sighs> unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, do you have any more questions? No, that was really good. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to talk to us and to uh, share your story. We so appreciate you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, and just um, again for our listeners, make sure you follow um, Shanicia on app at Black Moms Blog. And what's your website? Is it just blackmomsblog.com, Black Mom. right? Yep. www.blackmomsblog.com. And what's your, your new photography, well, your photography outlet? What's your, um... Yes. The photography page is yayo.photography, so that's Y-E-Y-O dot photography. Awesome. And I'm working on the website, but the website is yayophotography.com. Dope. 
so nice to meet you and we are coming to Atlanta soon and if we don't come there first definitely let us know about your um, meetup in LA because we're coming yeah we would love to come yay that would be awesome. Thanks for having me, ladies. Thank you. Okay, guys, we'll see you guys next week. Make sure you follow us at Good Moms Bad Choices, and we'll see you later. Bye. 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 I need you to know.